Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And we're live. Oh, man. I'm really stoked about this one. I'm so glad you're here. My guest today, uh, huge respect for him. He is a demand gen leader, a marketing automation thought leader, uh, certified Pardot. Hello, back in the day when it wasn't even <laughs> around. One of the one of the OG Pardot pros. Um, just had a baby two weeks ago. We're going to talk about that. Um, previously was the marketing automation practice lead at Magnet Three Hundred and Sixty, um, and now the entrepreneur. He's a co-founder and president of Instereo. Adam Post, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. It's so good to chat with you. And, and, uh, and I know we just we got you out. You just had a kid the other day. So, yeah, maybe this is a nice little break for you. <laughs> it's, it's been a whirlwind of a few weeks. That's for sure. Man, man. So the theme for today, before we get into all that craziness about having kids and whatnot, we're going to talk marketing. We're going to talk marketing strategy, marketing automation, what it takes to make it successful. Let's talk about the buyer you know, getting, getting in their heads and then sort of translating that into technology. So I have this for you here. It's heavy. This is Thor's hammer. So there you go. Well, thank you. Thank okay. you. I, I don't know if I'm worthy, but well. No, you're worthy. <laughs> right now you are. So take that hammer and smash something. Smash some bogus marketing strategy or myth or what kind of silly stuff you hear. Maybe it just it triggers you. You hear this stuff, you're like, guys, it is not the case. What are you hearing out there? Yeah, man, I, I've I've got a couple. You know, I've I've got one that we've been uh, we've been talking about for a little while, and I heard a brand new one uh, a few weeks ago at the Sales Loft Rainmaker Conference that oh, I just cool. absolutely love. So, okay, tell me about it. They're, they're interconnected. Um, so the first is this notion that the buyer is in control, right? In the world of sales and marketing lately, the past few years, it's been you know, the buyer's in control. You know, you have to do what the buyer wants. You have to align with what the buyer wants. And um, it's true to a degree. And, you know, where, where people kind of take that guidance and, 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 and interpret it as law, right? That, that isn't necessarily um, how you should operate. Yes, the buyer is in control, but it's still up to the seller, right? Whether it be a sales organization, a marketing organization, you know, the, the brand itself must still guide the buyer through the journey and help to anticipate that buyer's needs and wants and lead them down a path uh, that provides value to the buyer. Right. Right? We can't just be loosey-goosey, the buyer's in control, do whatever the buyer wants, respond to every inquiry, give them everything, right? Because uh, it doesn't necessarily work that way, and that's not a scalable model. It's the yeah. more that we can anticipate those buyer, buyer needs, lead them down paths, that we can help to enable them and guide them as they're in control of their own destiny, even though they may not necessarily realize that they're being guided down the path. No, I like that. It's like taking an active role. It, 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 enough of this like passive marketing. Because uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you hear it in sales training. I mean, sometimes 
you know, we need to put down our swords, stop fighting with sales just long enough to learn something from them mm-hmm. You're in sales training. And it sounds like, you know, rainmaker, Hey, Hey, yeah, you need to control your buyer. Don't let them just go crazy on you. Mm-hmm. you just meet you and they're asking for references. What's going on? Like, stop so marketing can take a page from that absolutely 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 yeah and so kind of in 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 a similar light the the new one that i heard a few weeks ago uh was from danny meyer who was a keynote speaker uh at at the uh, rainmaker conference a few weeks ago for those that don't uh know danny meyer he wrote a book called setting the table uh he's also uh, one of the uh, most well-known restaurateurs in new york uh and the ceo of shake shack oh nice Shake Shack. So he's, you know, gearing up his organization for hyper growth now as Shake Shack is just blowing up, right? Um, but the big myth that, that he brought forward and he busted in his keynote was this notion that the customer is always right. Okay. How many times have we heard you know, the customer is always right? Uh, and, you know, for, for me as, as a consultant, right, and, and helping to, you know, help our, our clients see success, uh, that's, that notion is still always there. The customer is always right. Uh, and according to Danny Meyer, that is absolutely incorrect because the customer is human and no right. human being is always right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so it, as a, um, as a seller, right, as a company, as we're working with, with, with our customers and, and uh, for everybody out there as you're working with your customers, um, you know, realize that the customer is not always right. What we do need to do is make sure the customer feels like they're heard. The customer feels respected and the customer feels like you have their best interests at heart. If we do those things, regardless of whether they're right or not, you know, we can help the customer win at the end of the day. Yeah. The customer's not always right. Uh, So true. And these things tie together. I really feel like there's a connection here. Um, They're, they're not in control. They shouldn't be in control. Why? Because they're not always right. And, you know, I think about how, you know, we, we try to tell the companies we work with, like, hey, you've got expertise you don't even realize because you work with all of these companies in the same category. Whereas if you're in a company in that category, you're you, right? And you may know your competitors a little bit, but not nearly as much as the people that work with all of them. Exactly. So you're working exactly. with all these different groups. You know so much about that industry. You can, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like leadership there, right? And so you have some knowledge you need to take charge. You don't like, it's like, how bad would that be to know something and then just not do anything about it? Like let your client, the, I don't like mountain metaphors, right? They're just, Hey, Hey, there's a mountain, you know, go, go, go at it. There's some glaciers, but you'll, you'll be fine. I think Yeah, you know, they're wearing like jeans and <laughs> running shoes and they've got a snow shovel. Apparently someone tried to climb Rainier a long time ago with a, uh, G, uh, rubber boots uh, jeans and like a, a snow shovel is like an ice axe is like the worst idea ever yeah it doesn't seem like it would end well no it, i don't think it <laughs> I, don't, I think we're still looking for those people um, yeah right so yeah so they're not um so it's almost like they're not right they don't know but i love how you said they need to be heard they need to be respected and then also best interest break those down for me so what does it take to to feel heard do you think yeah, I mean, as uh, again, whether we're uh, within a sales function or marketing function, you know, with my within my world, I lump it all together in this world sure. of demand generation, right? Totally, totally. Uh, but we have to listen first, right? I listen mean, how, how many times have you know, uh, you know, we experienced that kind of snake oil salesman type mentality, Ugh. 
or somebody comes on and they're just pushing product or they're, they're pushing whatever it is that they're selling. Ugh. You know, it, 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 it doesn't work. And in, in, in today's society, a buyers you hate that, right? Yeah. It, it, it just, it, it doesn't work. Right. So we need to listen first, right? Make sure that we understand the world that um, our, our buyer listens or our buyer lives in, right? Right. Uh, make sure we understand their scenario, their needs and wants, their pains. That way we can art- articulate the best possible approach for them and the best possible product for them going forward. Yeah, it's the people, in, and it's like we can sniff them out, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Pretty much anyone doing anything with SEO, except for maybe Jason <laughs> McDonald. Jason's safe. He's a good guy. But everyone else, you can chuck them all out, uh, all snake oil salespeople. Um, <laughs> and then everyone who sends you a note on LinkedIn, right, you – Oh, this person. Oh, they're in marketing. Oh, that's pretty cool. But if they say biz dev in their category, you're like, nope, no, I don't I know. Do. It's just trying, yeah, trying to like, con- the auto set that this year. I know it's coming out of the woodwork this year, yeah, and it's it it's everywhere. It's mind blowing. But yeah, it's like people. That's like the worst experience ever. Tricked <laughs> you. Hey, here's my message. It's like long, and they're not listening first to your point. So no. I know they don't know. I know they don't know. Right. Um, so okay, uh, be heard. Uh, what about respected? Mm-hmm. How how do we show that? Because I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah, you know, a, a great salesperson and a great marketer has great empathy, right? Okay. So, we truly have to put yourself in uh, your buyer's shoes, right? Understand what it is that uh, what they're going through, and respect that, right? They have real problems. Unless you feel those problems as they do and respect those problems and respect the environment that they're living in, right. you know, you're never really going to connect with them on that personal level and you're never going to be able to really solve their problem for them. Right? So um, you know, that notion of, of being empathetic to your buyer and respecting their scenario, respecting them as a person is, is huge uh, in order to successfully um, you know, close some business and, and build a relationship there. Yeah. Yeah, did you – there was that video um, on uh, empathy and sympathy. Mm. trying to remember who, uh, who, who came up with that one. Did you, did you ever see that? I don't think I saw that one, no. Oh, uh, Brene Brown. She's getting really okay. popular right now. Um, huh. So Brene we'll Brown on, yeah. on YouTube has a video on empathy. It's like a cartoon. It's interesting. But apparently they're giving her a TV show on Netflix. I don't know what's the deal with that. But mm. – um, I should probably read some of her books too, but this video uh, basically talks about empathy versus sympathy. I had no idea prior to watching this cartoon, uh, but it, it was um, like, okay, so, someone, someone you know is in a hole. And they're like, I'm in a hole, help. And uh, sympathy is like, you're, you look down into the hole and you're like, you're like hey. Um, <laughs> you're like, that stinks. Uh, uh, don't worry, it's not too deep, you know? And then uh, empathy was like you get in the hole with them. So you're both mm-hmm. in the hole. And you're like looking around. You're like, man, this this isn't cool. This, right. this really blows down here. Yeah. Uh, is that difference of like be, being in there with them or just like sort of being this like observer? And it's like how many times we do that in marketing too. We're like, oh, yeah. IT person, I'm so sorry. You know, you're having a rough go. You know, we have no idea what, we're, mm-hmm. what they're actually feeling versus right. – Oh man, I've been there or, or I've talked to people that have been there and I know right. like that's the worst thing ever. We'd love to help you with that, you know? Right. Or, or sales, right? 
Oh yeah, and it, it's I, I I hear you that these leads aren't the best, but I I put all this work into it, right? I'm just, I'm driving these leads, but these leads aren't good. They're not converting. Well, but but I put all the work into it, right? It's oh yeah, like the alignment you know, side. Oh man, yeah, having empathy for sales. Absolutely. And what an interesting idea. Yeah, I could see marketers getting getting their hands around that too, because it. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we may say we don't like sales, but in the end, we're all kind of care bears at heart. <laughs> uh, except for those SEO people, they're not. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like have empathy for sales. Uh, so when you send over the lead and they're not working, like understand what that means. But I guess it can be hard to understand what that means if you haven't been in the hole too. Like I, I've done some right. sales work myself and it's right. like eye-opening and you have a better appreciation for sales and marketing and, the, and that whole team like you're talking about. Yeah, I you know, and we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, but I mean, tangent. I, I believe, do, man. That's what we do, yeah, right? See, I I believe that the best marketers have been salespeople at one point. Yeah, amen right? to that. See, I, mean, I, it, it, I fit it, that it, category, so I'm all I'm all for that. I know I'm in there with <laughs> you, right? But I mean, it's at the end of the day, what's what's the goal of marketing? Right. Right. I mean, so, yes, there's a brand component, but at the end of the day, we're we're trying to drive business just as sales is, but we're just going at it a little differently, a little different, you know, part of the process. Um. And so the best marketers kind of have that sales drive and they leverage the marketing tactics to, to make it happen. That's a quote right there. I, yeah. That was a quote. The best marketers use that sales mentality, but, but use the, the technology. I, I'm going to have to go look that one up. That was really yeah. good. I'm not even I just came up with that today, you know? So I mean, today, hey, man. there we go. It's still the morning too. That was, that was legit. Now, yeah. what, what, sales, what sale did you do? Did you do some sale? Well, you're doing it now, obviously, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been in sales in, in, in some capacity. Uh, sure. I was an account manager at, uh, at my previous company uh, for a while before I started the marketing automation practice there. Oh, wow. Uh, That's true. You know, yep. and the reason that we started the marketing automation practice and the vision that I had for marketing automation was that marketing automation could drive more sales. You know? Right. And I think that that was, that was the whole idea. That was the whole concept. And uh, I still believe that that's true. Uh, I know that it's true. We've made it happen. We've done yeah. it. So, um, yeah, to me, they go hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. And it's almost like a good, good tangent or good, um, you know, segue to marketing automation. So, uh, yeah, I remember fondly back in the day, the original, you know, preferred implementation partners, we used to get different names too. They would change it every (laughs) couple of weeks, you know, Hey, you're the preferred partner this week. And now you're the diamond, you know, executive platinum partner this week. And, um, it was fun. I even I, I did have um, one one uh, partner call us. Oh, they're like, "What status are they with Salesforce?" They're like, "Oh, they're a they're a diamond level partner that doesn't even exist." <laughs> yes. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, can I quote you and put that on our website? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, you over at Magnet uh, leading the charge, and man, you grew yeah. that thing, you know, amazingly well. What what kind of what kind of wisdom and thoughts do you have in terms of like success with marketing automation? What kind of pitfalls did you see? You know, any yeah. myths around this we need to smash? Um, for sure, and I, I think that um, you know there there's there's this big notion, and we fell victim uh, of it too. And this is part of you know, my inspiration for Instereo and what we want to do for you know, yeah. our customers going forward uh, is this this idea that technology is you know solves all the problems. Um, you know. Yeah, I, and let me before I say what I'm about to say, let me say I'm a big Salesforce fan and use <laughs> for just about everything, right? But how often do we watch the uh, the latest Salesforce video, right? This new visionary concept of how you know this new product is going to transform our business, right? 
uh, we've all seen them. Uh, you know, many of us have been to Dreamforce, and whether it's Salesforce or whether it's HubSpot or whether it's Marketo or whether it's um, you know uh, whatever, right? Uh, we've all seen those videos. We've all seen the pitches. We've all been a part of it. Where you know we kind of get that story that plugging in this new solution, this new tool, is going to be able to transform the business, and that is somewhat true. <laughs> Somewhat. I, th I think what we've seen over the years is that those that think that that is the answer, the technology is the answer that's going to change the way that they do business, um, are far less successful than those that take a step back and think about a strategic program and how the technology yeah. fits into that program. Right? Um, you you know, got to take a pause, right? Just like you gotta take a tech pause. Yeah. Say, okay, if I'm going to do this, and usually it's a good idea, but you got there's a step before that. There's a step. There, there's a step before that. Yeah, you got to define the plan, right? You got to figure out what the strategy is, yeah. right? Um, you know, who's the audience that we're trying to engage with? What's the result that we're trying to drive? You know, what what are we actually trying to accomplish, and how are we going to accomplish that over time? You know, do we have the right people in the right seats? Do we have the right skills in the organization? Do we have content? But how often do we plug in a marketing automation tool and say, okay, great, so let's start going on some campaigns? Like, well, we don't have any content created yet. Right. right. So I guess we'll just wait for that to be done then, right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, thinking about all those different components, um, and then plugging that in, uh, building out the plan for how it all comes together, the technology, the tool is just a means to execute upon all of those right. other things. Right. Right. The technology isn't the answer. It's just kind of the uh, <laughs> uh, the piece of the puzzle that 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 makes it happen, and that right. uh, processes right. the automation, gets the messages out, but. Without a good message, without a good process, without people to drive the whole ship, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. You know, so true. I've often said, uh, you know, technology makes things more, right? Or especially marketing yeah. automation. It makes whatever you're doing now more. So right. you've got a great strategy. You can make that strategy touch that many more people, thousand X more people. If you've got a bad strategy or no strategy, now – you're going to have more people experiencing that, which is not what you want, right? You know, or, exactly. or if you're not being empathetic, you're not listening, you're not respecting any of those things. And now you're being much more efficient at getting your horrible message in front of people. Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's, you know, again, I, I, as consultants, I'm sure you've been there too, right? You know, you get into this, you know, a great organization, this amazing company who's, who's getting, who's gearing up for growth. We get these new systems in, they've got this great strategy then all of a sudden they start uh, plugging this email content in, into the campaigns. And it's like a freaking essay, you know, filled yeah. with bullet points and lists and numbers and links. And it's going to break the news. Like, hey, uh, uh, that? that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> love, I love your, your nine part email series. We're going to chop this thing up. <laughs> you can't right. have the whole thing, man. I'm not, exactly. I'm, not sending, I'm not sending it. You can't make me. <laughs> it, right. Exactly. So it's, uh, you know, having that plan, really having a deep understanding of the customer, of the audience, of yes. you know, what they need and what they want, and making sure you tailor your content, you tailor your approach to deliver value for that, that yeah. customer. That, at the end of the day, that's what's important. And, you know, I love that. Tailor the approach to deliver value. That's so, so good. Because that's what it is in the end. You're delivering value. and Absolutely. And you want it tailored to who you're talking to. You know, instead of generic value for everyone, you're like, I know you want this. I know you need this. Like, right. Boom. Like, oh, yes. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I was talking the other day with someone about um, like TV ads and, you know, internet 
you know, even YouTube, you know, I, I have definitely burned a few hours on YouTube in my time. Uh, cause there's just a few, they, yeah, the recommendations, right? Like this and then, and this, and then this, you're like, no, <laughs> where did those, where did those that time go? I don't know what happened. Um, I, so it's so advanced, but then you look at like television ads, not tailored, not specific, and then they're annoying, but when they're tailored, we actually kind of appreciate them. You know, it's like, oh, cool. Hiking boots. Sweet. Let me check these things out. Or, you know, right. don't mind it as much as some random drug commercial. You know, come on, guys. Pharma, get your act together. You got, you got money. Right. Tailor those ads. Come Seriously. on. Seriously. Pharma is the worst. Man, it's terrible. But I, I will say, and I don't know what's happened or what they're doing or how they get my data. But for some reason, every single commercial I see now has a baby in it. Interesting. And it could be coincidence but I doubt it. Have you Googled yeah. any stuff? Not yet. Not yet. I've been a little, little uh, busy with, any the, books? with the baby. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, I, at some point I'm going to need to talk to those, uh, those TV ad people and see uh, how they're doing it. I'm sure with DMP and all these other things they are, they're now making that connection, but uh, well, you've been seeing them on TV. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, see, I think that's one of those things where you're just like spotting another Jeep on the highway kind of thing, because TV, even the interface to get to your on-demand show doesn't even like, it's like back in the 80s, I'm playing Atari. And there's no way they're actually figuring that stuff out. Um, I, I think you're just noticing it. But it on the internet, be. I would believe it. Could it. Be. The like, internet could, for sure. Yeah. The internet for sure. But I, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I have a hunch know. there's some DMP magic going on. You think so? <laughs> uh, maybe. We'll see. I got to research. I don't know. And on one of these next podcasts I got to watch, you got to get one of these TV ad execs on so we can get the Okay. Okay. <laughs> Have them share their secrets. Oh yeah. We'll get, we'll get a, we'll get some famous person on here. Actually what you need is you need someone like an IT down in the trenches, you know, doing the API connections. He's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We connected that like a decade ago. You're like, Oh no. Yeah, right. <laughs> no idea. But then it's like, well, why is it so bad? <laughs> At least my Facebook ads are halfway decent, you know? Like, oh, right. here's this marine poster. Here's this, like, mountain climbing thing or epic wall art. Like, oh, cool, cool, okay. I can I can do, deal with that. But, you know, TV commercials, man, especially when you're watching these shows. And, and it, you know, what I tend to do is I, I'm like, huh, okay, whatever audience. You know, I tend to watch, like, weird shows. And then, um, especially with the missus, we'll sit down and be watching something. And when a weird commercial comes on, we're like, oh, man, we share the same, you know, segment with these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's something horrible you'd never do or, you know, it's, I don't know, it's some crazy ad. And you're like, I would never get that. But apparently we share the same interest with these people because, you know, they probably targeted this show, you know? Yeah, I had a, uh, another tangent here, um, but I had an interesting experience Um and as you mentioned, we, we had a baby recently. Yeah. So we were at uh, the hospital overnight. Yeah. And had my first glimpse at uh, late night infomercials. Oh, no. Um, man, are those bad. Are they? And it, it, and disgusting and just, just, let's just call them not PG-13. Really? But when you say, you know, where I'm watching a, I'm watching a channel with, with something going on and share what it with What kind me. of a product was it? Do you remember? Um, adult toys. Really? In the hospital? Yeah. On TV? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, I slept through it, um, but my wife, you know, I don't think I've ever labor, seen apparently caught that. the whole thing. Me neither, but apparently, that's what's going on now. Anyways, we're getting way off topic, but... Uh, uh, well, this is the hardcore marketing show, people. So. Yeah, right? 
<laughs> spelled differently, but uh, exactly. Wow, like what channel is that even? I, I you know, I think weird... it was like Comedy Central or something. No way. Uh, yeah. Comedy yeah, in Central a in a hospital. Getting dirty. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? Jeez. I'm. But, well, hey, let me pause this podcast. I'm gonna go watch the TV. <laughs> 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 oh, that's crazy, man. So yeah. Huh. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Did Things you uh do you get your, your like your one meal when you're in the hospital? Yeah. We did. They get like mom gets to eat every meal, every course, and like, Dad, you get one dad meal. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I got it. I got a uh, breakfast that I had to pay for. So that oh, was you had to pay for it? You're supposed to be like a dad it. meal for free or something. I don't no? know. We uh, we got food delivered in, so I think I uh, preferred the food we had delivered to the free hospital meal anyway. But, uh, oh, oh, so you're saying you had like real food delivered? Yeah. Oh, okay. Not like the hospital no. food delivered. See, you know, I was trying to, to game the system because you know it was like, okay, what does she want for breakfast? And I and I'd say, well, she's really hungry today, so she's gonna. What <laughs> do you want? I want cereal. She's gonna do the cereal and the eggs. And and the donut and the oh yeah and the that and you know what they they don't listen to everything you. yet they don't listen to you they just bring like I don't know if no, they're no. measuring it to like caloric intake or something but they don't bring you all the things they just bring you like one of each um, category like ah you you must know you they must know yeah. the game you know like <laughs> the, is the guy calling one. okay don't give him yeah. any of that food yeah right yeah for sure. Hopefully the good, you know, good friends will deliver Duncan, you know, or other things to the hospital. That's my sister did bring me some munchkins. I was very thankful. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Beautiful, you know, snuggle with baby on on bed kind of thing. And oh yeah, oh yeah. Nothing like it, man. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, so okay. So I mean, I love these tangents. By the way, it sounds like it sounds like you can roll with them too. So this is good. Um, oh yeah. So where were we? we were just smashing the tech doesn't solve the problems. It just amplifies. So we hit that. We talk strategy first. What else? What else makes you successful with marketing automation? Yes, having a sound strategy, understanding the customer, understanding yeah. their ideal buyer journey, yeah. right? understanding the opportunities that you have uh, as a company to ease their path along. Yep. And again, back to your myth from the very beginning. You got it. You're like, don't. They're not in control. You're in control. Now you can give them options like a, you know, click your own adventure type journey. Got it. But you're in these paths here, people. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, once you understand the strategy, you've got the vision for how you engage with the customer. Then you got to get a tech platform, right, and a data platform hmm. that allows you to execute on that strategy, right, um, and make sure that that tech platform. Uh, is one that fits the business, right? So don't go, uh, you know, buying a Ferrari if you don't know how to drive stick, right? You're still going to get to the destination faster if you if you just pick up that Camry and go, right? Right, right. <laughs> or if you're a gigantic company, don't be going buying HubSpot. Exactly, exactly, right? <laughs> get, get the right tool that fits the needs of the business. Yeah. And more importantly, that fits the needs of, needs of the users within the right. business. Right, because uh, that's another thing that I'm sure you've experienced as well. It's you know how often does uh, an organization buy a tool, but it's too complex or not complex enough for the users that need to drive it every day. Yeah, yeah, like right. Eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, you know, the the worst experience I had with that was when I was talking to this nonprofit, and they were they were going to buy 
they're going to get part on some Salesforce stuff on discount. I like that they do that. Um, but then someone on their board was like a CEO at a big company. And he's like, well, we have Eloqua, so you guys should get Eloqua too. And it was like the worst that you're saddling, to your point, you know, think about the user. You're saddling in a, uh, a vo- almost like a volunteer at a nonprofit with something like Eloqua, it's hard to even saddle a paid team with that kind of a hefty tool unless you are that larger enterprise. So it's like, you know, consider who's using it. Exactly. Right. I mean, I've seen Eloqua done well, right? Big enterprise companies, uh, tons of users, tons of operation folks, tons of technical resources, and they need that because of all the organizational complexities. Right. And then it lets you do whatever you want at that point. Yeah. 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 But for a smaller firm or even a bigger firm who has more basic needs, more streamlined process, man, you can get so far with a simpler tool, right? Right. Simpler, powerful tool like Pardot and others, right? but yeah, so uh, you know, technology is kind of the second piece of the puzzle. Sure. Right. Uh, I was talking about how the technology needs to fit the needs of the users, right? So people's next, right? Do we have the right people yeah. in the right seats with the right skills to drive these programs and successfully execute? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we can talk about well, you know, a number of companies say, well, yeah, I've got an agency who takes care of that, or I have a vendor who outsources that. Great. You know, but. Uh, in my experience, uh, the companies that have some sort of internal leader who's driving it forward are far more successful than those who outsource. I think I you do. need both, right? Uh, well, yeah. you I mean, you don't need both technically, but that's like one no. of the ideal situations, right? If Absolutely. You- the ideal situation yeah. is somebody internal who drives it, right? Who gets it, yeah. who owns the strategy, owns the vision and can execute. And then a third party, right? who helps to keep them thinking about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and upskilling right. the team. And, and is working with like forward. multiple organizations, seeing who's doing it right, who's doing it wrong. Exactly. And like uh, that path. Oh yeah. We've already had eight people go, don't do that. Right. <laughs> you don't want to know the results. Go this way instead. You know? Right. Or that was, that was the big trend last year, but people have caught on. Right. right. Here's right. the new thing you got to do that. That's new and fresh and exciting that right. capture people's attention. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So people's the next thing, right? I was just, uh, I've got a client of mine who is looking to, um, you know, totally redo uh, their marketing automation program. Oh, wow. Um, you know, we just did some strategy work for them and now they're, they're ready to move forward and, and stand up some tools. And I, I basically told them, can't wait to help you with that. Hire your internal resource first. Oh, okay. You know, um, you've got nobody internally to drive this. Yes, you can outsource a bunch of it, but my recommendation hire somebody internal first. They're going to spearhead this and then we will partner with that new resource and they will ride shotgun with that, with us yeah. as we one, stand up the technology, but also um, architect the process, uh, get the right people trained up, uh, get all the programs going. You know, and then that person can take ownership of it. And we've got that partnership where we can help them drive it forward over time. Right. But if they right. outsource everything from the beginning, it's going to be hard for you know, whoever they bring in uh, to really take ownership and carry it forward. Right. Yeah. Everything in moderation, right? Including moderation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For um, sure. I, I once uh, worked with a company that um, many moons ago, I think we were actually doing some SEO work with them. So this is like ancient days, uh, but they outsourced everything in their marketing. Mm-hmm. And one day the CEO walked through the office and asked, Hey, what's our strategy on X, Y, and Z? And no one knew because yeah. not only had they outsourced all of their marketing, but 
the only people that knew were their vendors. Right. And that, that ended. <laughs> yeah, right. I bet. Basically, they got rid of every vendor and they replaced them all with internal people. Probably a little bit too harsh of a move, but the point was made. Like, we need to know what's going on here in our yep. own company. So that may, I like that, that you, you bring up the idea of having the internal person, you're riding shotgun with them, helping them architect everything. Mm-hmm. You even said hire that person first. That's, that's pretty selfless of you to do. You know, a lot of people might go for the sale at that point. Yeah, and I think it goes back to this idea that, you know, we're in the business to make our clients successful, right? You know, and, and you know, having been through situations where we're, we're, we're executing against a statement of work because that, yeah. that's what was sold and that's what was agreed on, you know, regardless of whether or not it's the right thing, right? Um, you know, for our new company, for Instereo, right, everything that we do uh, is done to ensure that our clients are successful. Yeah, what are you doing? Means- like, tell me about that. You, I mean, you left, you know, left Magnet. So peace. Yeah. And now you're starting this new thing. What, what, what are you doing in this area? Yeah, for sure. So it, 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 it nothing against uh, my last company. They're doing some amazing yeah, things. Of course. They're going to be ahead of the curve. They're, they're doing some uh, amazing things that yeah, I, I'll take them out for you. Around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, they're, they're doing uh, things that are very tech focused. Right. And I right, think right, uh, right. what I see is um, a lot of opportunity surrounding technology. Right. The technology is the enabler, but let's focus on some of these other things. Right. Right. Um, so what we do at Instereo is um, we, we do everything um, to help our clients create an amazing customer experience that at the end of the day drives revenue. Right. right? So that starts with strategy. So understanding, um, you know, our, our customers, customers, right. Who's their ICP? Uh, what are their buyer personas? What are those ideal best case buyer journeys? What's the content strategy mapped back to those buyer journeys so we can provide value and provide great experiences throughout that right. process? And then we help them to execute, right? And we help them to execute that through a combination of services around uh, marketing automation, around sales engagement, around CRM, and content strategy. Cool. And the, yeah. all the things. Yeah. So the full pack is not just the tech package or the, the net, I'd say, narrow focus on just technology. You need to look at the whole picture, the whole buyer's journey, the whole kit and caboodle. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, uh, by not necessarily being tied down to any one methodology or any one system or any one uh, uh, technology, right. We really have kind of the freedom to recommend what's right. Right. What's right. right. You know, like, right thing, yeah. The example we were talking about is, you know what, let's hold off for a month before you sign on with us. Let's let you get your uh, house in order first. Yeah. So we can make sure that you're successful. We're going to do that, right? It's all about what's what's best for our customer and make sure, making sure that they're successful. And I think that, I mean, that has to be what we do, right? That has to be, that should be more of the norm, you know? And I think if there's a be. trend we could create, it would be more of that, you know? Absolutely. More of that kind of selfless thinking about them as opposed to, you know, them being numbers on a column in our system. Mm-hmm. Trends. You know, we, we mentioned trends earlier, like, oh, this just this trend was like a flash in the pan. It was here last year. Don't worry about doing it this year. Being able to advise clients about that. Have you seen trends lately? Any come to mind? Um, any, any good ones or any ones that you're kind of like so-so on? Um, can, I, can I say emojis and emails? <laughs> yeah, t- tell me, what's the deal? No, I, I just I, I say it almost as a joke, but I mean it. It, it seems it? to work. Oh, okay. I, mean, the, the I don't even know. I mean, I'm just kind of like, hey, whatever you say, I'm running it down. <laughs> I mean, emojis send, tend to be working, so apparently, you know, keep sending those emojis as as long as they're the right ones, I guess. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily from a buyer perspective, the type of person who prefers something with an emoji in it, but uh, I've had a number of customers who are running those AB tests and those emails with emojis are the ones that are uh, getting those higher uh, open and click rates. So it's interesting. I feel like that's going to be one of those trends that uh, may die off. We'll see. Yeah. I think it'll get abused real quick. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. you'll see subject lines with those stupid things. And then you're like, ah, oh, come on. You know, I've been smiling in my emails for like decades. Um, not the full on emoji, just little like colon and print. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Um, I think, I think done right. It kind of makes things more authentic and personal. Um, but I think naturally the, the, the trend is, you know, don't listen to something on a podcast and then go and like abuse the hell out of it. Right. And, yeah. and send some fake corporate email, uh, with a smiley in it. But I think if you make it a personal email, it's short, sweet, totally. you know, you're super authentic, um, carrot scale, if you will, with an emoji Absolutely. that I could see that working out really well. It just looks super authentic. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, another trend that, uh, that I see, yeah. um, is this category of sales engagement. Um, I think that sales engagement today as a category is what marketing automation was a few years back. Um, and essentially, I mean, you take a look at some of these tools that are leading the charge, like sales loft and outreach right. and others. Um, you know, it's almost like what if marketing automation was just completely reimagined, but instead of built for marketing, built for sales, right? Um, it's a really, really interesting solution. How does, that, how does that work? Because isn't it kind of like a duplication of efforts? To have yeah. automation on both sides, and then, uh, no, no, uh, it, it it shouldn't be. Preach. Uh, uh, actually, that there's another myth that uh, that we're busting uh, yeah. pretty often in 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 our work is that uh, you know that sales engagement and marketing automation as as tool sets, um, you know, have too much overlap and they can't coexist, right? And the reality is is they should coexist, right? For an organization. Uh, in the B2B space who's gearing up for growth. Interesting. Right? So marketing automation does a great job of kind of that mass email uh, or mass message uh, type solution. You can build all sorts of and or logic to get the right, right message to the right person at the right time. Right? But again, it's still typically, you know, an HTML structured email. Right. Uh, you, can, you can work in some plain text and data shows that plain text works in, in, in those uh, situations. Definitely. You know, it's applicable. But most of the time, it's, it's a marketing message versus sales engagement. Uh, it allows for, uh, you know, the plain text email. It allows for the calling. It allows for the social outreach. There is some overlap. The big difference is that sales engagement, it's an authentic one-to-one -one personalized message mm. from somebody who should own the relationship. Right. And as a buyer, I think about us as consumers and of buyers of goods and services in our businesses, right? Um, you know, when you're getting a marketing message and you know, when somebody is individually reaching out. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's a different feeling, right? It's, a, it's yeah. a different reaction that we have to those messages. And so we need to use marketing automation for those mass messages that are the marketing, you know, business oriented messages and sales engagement uh, to help uh, streamline kind of the, uh, the sales reps outreach for their personalized one-to-one -one communication. And based on where somebody is in the funnel, where a, a buyer is in their journey, there's a place and a time for both. Hmm. It's architecting that program around what's the right message and the right forum at the right time for that buyer uh, allows us to determine, is this a, you know, a sales message or is this a you know, company-driven marketing message? Right. And almost, you know, as you're saying that, you're like, 
of course it of course the technology like we're just saying is 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 that last part of the puzzle right the strategy needs to come first you need to map out that journey and when you do that you're not gonna even if there is overlap you're you're cool with it because you've mapped it out and you're clear on what needs to happen so then you can drop tools in to help with certain situations you know you got it you got it so again, not, it's almost like not, you know, just reminding ourselves not to just knee jerk right to the tech side as much right. as the tech vendors would want us to, but right. you know, knee jerk to the strategy side first, map out that journey, exactly. hit a process, exactly. then technology. Right. Yeah. And you can't do it without the technology, right? But you also True. can't be successful <laughs> in the technology without the strategy, right? They, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, so we always like to start with the strategy first or in the instances where somebody, you know, a customer has bought on with the tech, um, you know, let, let's get them going with the tech and yeah. then let's take a step back and get that strategic plan done so they can take the tech to the next level. Yeah, for sure. And chicken and egg, it really just hits you strategy wherever you're at, whether you have something or don't have something, all signs point to strategy first. Yep, you got it. Cool, man. Yep, and, I, and the important thing, again, and kind of back to our theme for today, right? And it's not a marketing strategy. It's not a sales strategy. It's both. Right. Right. It, it's the strategy for engaging with our customers throughout their journey, right? And that's inclusive of everything marketing and everything sales. Yeah, totally. It's that revenue journey or whatever you want to call it. It's just that you got it's it. a solid you team. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Well, this is cool, man. Who are you? Where did you come from? <laughs> How did you, I mean, you, you, you wrote the ranks, I still don't know. lead entrepreneur, you know, dad now take us back. Yeah. Little Adam. Yeah, man. L- L- little Adam, man. <laughs> I, I was, I was a little terror, man. It, uh, I, I'm, I'm scared. Cause if there's any, anything of, of, of me and in my kid, I'm it's totally coming, scared. man. It's All coming. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's coming. Um, yeah, no, it, um, you know, going back, I, I think that, uh, you know, I was very fortunate uh, growing up uh, to be living in a great area surrounded by amazing people. Uh, that being said, I, you know, went through some hardships uh, when I was younger, um, you know, uh, in a number of different ways. Uh, you know, my my dad, when I was a kid, was was hooked on uh, hooked on drugs, really, uh, which left, uh, you know, quite a uh, interesting uh experience to be had throughout my childhood were you aware of it you know, thinking back were you aware that what was actually going on or was it just yeah yeah i was um after a while yeah you know i think it became very clear once i was a teenager i knew what was going on but, right uh, earlier than that you couldn't be super confused like, why is this not making sense yeah 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 and so um you know going through um all of that and you know being a good student and and, and being a good athlete uh you know as a kid having great friends i then going home to that situation was 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 always hard oh yeah um you know when i was 15 he just up and left uh you know just just kind of deserted my mom my sisters and i uh, left our family in uh, a ton of debt that we didn't realize he was racking up. Yeah. So we were left there, yeah. basically uh, broke, not just broke, but uh, owing a ton of money because he had racked up so much debt that uh, my mom's name carried as well. So we uh, had to sell our house. Uh, we were like a, a week away from being homeless uh, when my grandma sold her house and bought a place big enough for all of us to move in uh, You know, when I was 15. Uh, within our school district so we didn't have to move so she kind of swooped in and saved the day and wow thanks very much yeah oh yeah kept all of us doing what we're doing same school district keep everything as normal as we could 
Uh, and so she bought this town home and we all kind of moved in there. So there was, you know, what was it? Um, five of us crammed into a, a three bedroom town home. Wow. Um, so basement was mine and that was a great setup. Yeah. As a teenager, I got the basement and man, that was, my friends appreciated that. <laughs> Just leave you alone, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. So yes, yeah, so I would say that, you know, that experience, you know, as, uh, you know, as a kid, as growing up, you know, I always kind of, uh, you know, had to grow up faster than I needed to, right. if that made sense. And I had yeah. to uh, kind of take on a, a leadership role, you know, uh, to kind of figure everything out and kind of lead my sisters through things and help my mom through things you know, right. back when I was 15 and 16. Um, you know, I remember I had to make uh, the most adult decision that I, I, that I had to make when I was, I think it was 16. And that was either I can play varsity football or I can have a job, right? Oh, no. And what was I going to do? Because I had been playing football since I was in fifth grade. And, you know, I would, at the end of the day, I had to make that adult call to say, you know what? You know, my family's broke. I want to live as much of a normal life as I can. Uh, I'm going to go get a job, right? I'm going to work uh -huh. that job and I'm going to make some money so I can, you know, save up for college and I can you know, try to live normally as best that I could. And so, you know, that was a really, really tough adult decision that I had to make as a teenager. And uh, ever since then, I think I've, uh, you know, probably been adulting faster than I should have been. Yeah. Moved up to Minnesota for college, you know, got hooked up in college. How, how uh, do you think you made that call? Like, because it's not like you necessarily had all the examples to, or maybe, you know, with your grandmother and your mom. I mean, so obviously something was in you to make that call and not be selfish in the moment. I mean, I don't know if I would even make that call, especially if I get on the varsity call. The, the, you know, to like a job call. Yeah, versus football. Yeah, and it, so you've been playing it, it, for, it came, like for your whole life, right? You've been. I had, I had, and uh, what it came down to is, you know, as a kid, I was, I was a football player and I was a lacrosse player. Okay. And I knew that I can do one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, you had options. <laughs> I had options, so I stuck with lacrosse, gave up on football, uh, and you know, I it, it it still bums me. I always I always wonder what if. You know, right. Uh, you good? You know, uh, you know, I was I was little, but I was good. You know, I was I was good enough. I wasn't an all star, but uh, How, like little, played. like height wise. Yeah, man, it was. Uh, it, was it was funny. Uh, right now, I'm five eleven. I'm I'm average size. Right now. <laughs> right now, but I remember I was in uh, sixth grade, playing in a uh, football league that was sixth to eighth grade. Okay. And I was the smallest kid in the league by like 20 pounds. In the league? The whole league? In the entire league. Did like they, how do they, they tell you that? They measured everybody and they're like, uh. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd have the parents that would like, 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 are you okay? Like, you know, are you oh, like, no. looking out for me to make sure I wouldn't get hurt yeah. as I'm running around with these kids that were twice my size. But, uh, yeah, so it was an, it was an interesting time. <laughs> was it like Rudy? Were you like, you know, have you seen that, that movie with the football player? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, was that like you? Yeah, it was. Put me in, coach. Maybe a little bit, a little, little bit. You know, I think that I think more the skills was though. Scared. Yeah, the coach was scared for me too back then. But eventually, I grew. You know, and right. uh, you know, I was, you know, I was doing just fine by the time I was, you know, older and, and a leader on the team and whatnot. But getting started was, uh, I think everybody was was fearing that I'd come out that I wouldn't come out alive. <laughs> yeah, did you ever break anything? Uh, no, I never oh. broke anything in football. Um, I, I broke a bone uh, playing lacrosse. And I was a freshman in high school, and the biggest senior came in and just clobbered me. And uh, I went flying and just kind of fell backwards and caught myself on the ground and broke two bones in my wrist. 
Jeez. Uh, that was my only sports injury uh, of any of any seriousness, but uh, you know. Wow. So that was it. Yeah. Did you get it? And when you gave up football, did you at least keep lacrosse? I kept lacrosse. You know, okay, I figured good. I'd double down on that. You know, my my job, I was, uh, you know, it was weird. I, you know, my my first sales job was uh, being a blue shirt at Best Buy. Really? So we've all been to Best Buy. I was one of those guys. You know, I was I was selling, uh, uh, like right when when. Uh, Oh my God, I'm forgetting what they're called. I, uh, iPods. I was selling iPods, oh, like yeah, the first little, gen the little iPods. rotary thing, little circle you could rotate. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and, and cell phones, right? As, as cell phones were still like bricks, I was selling cell phones, and uh, then I was selling TVs, and you know, I was good at it, right? I loved yeah. it. I loved the tech. I loved sales. I loved you know working with customers. I loved uh, you know everything about it. So I wanted to make sure that I can keep that job going, keep learning about technology, keep you know, coming out with the, or helping people to buy kind of the latest and greatest stuff. And, right. Um, but that's you know, where you got your sales. That that's job. where you got your, that experience. That's cool. Man, they, Best Buy taught me a lot about sales when I was in high school. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's funny to think back, but, you know, all about, you know, building rapport, understanding what the customer wants before you even talk about product, having a good, good conversation, right? What it is that they care about, what do they want, then you recommend something based on what they're looking for, you know? Um, so it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad that uh, I stuck it out. You know, I regret uh, leaving football. Glad I stuck with lacrosse, was able to, you know, coach and work with kids and, and continue playing lacrosse up until about a year ago. So uh, it all worked out. Like a out. year ago to like now? Yeah. Wow, yeah, I, was, man. I was playing in a men's league. Really good. Was, uh, Decades yeah, of experience. Yeah, is it, it's a fun game. It's a it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know someday I'll I'll coach again. Uh, yeah. But for now, I'm throwing in the towel for playing. I feel like you know at this point I'm so out of shape because I'm, you know, not getting to the gym as much as I used to. I'm gonna like throw out a hip or like bust out a knee. I'm gonna have some old man injury. So let's yeah. just avoid that before. Yeah, I come. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> now you get that kid, you got to watch out for the dad bod. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Got got to work on that dad bod. It's a work in progress. Absolutely. So, okay. So blue shirt, blue shirt makes me think of like Star Trek, like, oh, red shirt. You were blue shirt at uh, Best Buy. <laughs> and then yeah, man, I went to school. What'd you, what'd you, went, went up to Minnesota. Yeah. Went up to uh, University of Minnesota. Um, you know, had just about every major you can have. So I thought I was going to do finance and accounting. Uh, went to my first uh, interview with an investment bank and uh, walked right out of that interview and saying, I'm going to change majors. <laughs> I, was, I was good at it. I was good with numbers. I was good at finance. And then I uh, went into this interview and I'm having a conversation like this, right? You yeah. know, trying to be you know, personable, trying to laugh, trying to crack sure. jokes, trying to like, you know, talk. And you know, I got this, uh, this woman in a suit across the table from me, just, you know, serious face, not cracking a smile, uh, really? you know, not, not having a real conversation. I was like, all right, this is not for me. <laughs> like, no I realized this is an interview, but if I can't, you know, talk to the person on the other side, uh, you know, wow. I wasn't going to be doing it. So I switched over to marketing, realized the marketing wasn't enough. So uh, I was an entrepreneurship and marketing double major. Oh, cool. I hooked up through the entrepreneurship pro uh, program uh, at my university uh, uh, with this, this crazy company. There was a digital agency at the time called Magnet 360. <laughs> At that time, there were seven people, uh, and I got to start there as an intern. Oh, geez, seven so people. When I started, yeah, when I started there, there were eight of us. When I left, there was about 450. Damn. So uh, my experience kind of jumping in the early days there, having you know, a multitude of roles, uh, wearing many hats, 
uh, up to building and uh, the marketing automation practice and beyond uh, was an amazing experience. And so now I'm fortunate enough, I get to take uh, all of those learnings, all of those experiences working with the great customers I'd worked with over that time and kind of come up with a new way, uh, you know, a, a better way. Um, and that's what we're doing with Instereo. That's cool. Yeah, the experience of starting as an intern at a small company and then growing with it, it's got to be like you must have learned many, many things. Yeah, if you were to give yourself career advice, you know, not little Adam, but maybe like, you know, fresh out of school, Adam, you know, going into magnet, yeah. you know, what, what would you tell yourself? Because somehow you, you navigated that and obviously, you know, rose to being a practice lead. Yeah, you know, um, don't be afraid to try something new. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to go with your gut. Don't be afraid to fight for what's right. You know, uh, you know, listen to everything happening around you. Right. Because right? even the conversations happening in the hallway that are above your pay grade, you're going to learn something from them. Yeah. Right? So I was fortunate enough. I, you know, weaseled my way into every meeting that I could, whether I was going to add value in that meeting or not, just to sit there and listen, <laughs> to talk, just to learn about, you know, what consulting was, how it happened. How right. to talk to customers, how to how to create uh, great recommendations, great deliverables, things like that. Wow! And just got to absorb it, right? And then got to put that in action. Uh, got to bring some new ideas forward, and you know the the marketing automation practice there uh, didn't start because that was some strategic initiative uh, for the company. Uh, it started because uh, I was selling and doing some marketing automation myself, and I said, you know, we should build a practice around this. So wow. I pitched that to the leadership of the company said, listen, we can do this ourselves. We can do it better. And they said, well, if you can sell enough of it, then sure, you can go do that. Wow. And we did. We sold it, delivered it, uh, sold enough of it to build a team. And, you know, uh, we became a big player in the space. Grew from there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, you you were probably the only player in the space or one of a couple. There's like a, there's a handful of folks that I just, yeah. I genuinely respected because, you know, yeah. good work. And then obviously, you're advocating for the customer and just really being selfless like that. There's a lot of folks out there that don't do that. And I always you know, <laughs> was all mad at those people, but, uh, but yeah, it, yeah. You know, it's cool to hear that others hear the story now from having seen you across the battlefield, you know, doing your work. Yeah. Um, it's cool too. I think there, there is a reason that most part out business in the early days, you either went to Cheshire or they went to my team. <laughs> you know, there, there, there are a few reason. companies that, there are a few companies doing it right. You know, and so I think we were both uh, heading the charge and in, in, in a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things. And so uh, it's cool to see it all come full circle and we get to check. Now we get to chat about it now. Now we get to chat about <laughs> it now. Like a bunch of old dudes rocking on the porch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember the days? So uh, I remember the uh, the first, or no, maybe it was this, well, it was the first Pardot certification that uh, that I went to. I think it was the second one they had ever done. Yes. Uh, and you and I went there together. Yes. January, I remember 2013. I remember day, yeah, day two. Remember day two? Uh, not sure. What happened day two? <laughs> you, you came in halfway through because you were way too hungover from the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Did you remember what happened after that? You were playing trivia. I, remember that? Yes, we were playing trivia. Yes. I walk yes. in, feel a little, you know, a little tired, and uh, <laughs> your turn. Trivia. I walk up to the front, or I sort of float up to the front, and uh, they read half the question. I hit the buzzer, answer it, turn around, walk back. I'm holding a cup the whole time of water. Yep. Answer it. They're like, we didn't even finish the question. They're like, yep, that's I, I, I got it. I yep. got it. <laughs> <laughs> Still got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that was funny. It, it was a cool that was a lot of fun. a good time. But I also remember while we're there, there were some of the big vendors, some of our um, our other competitors who were just saying like, ah, I don't like these projects. We can't get our $300 architect on it. And we can't do this. We can't do that. And I'm just like, ah, oh. you know, it was my first exposure to really, I guess, you know, the other side of that more, you know, you can get too, you know, consulty, you know, and too, too focused said, on their business. I have a consultancy and I was like, well, damn, whatever that means, I don't want it because that, that doesn't sound good at all. It doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound like you're helping your customer. And this is, this is gross and icky, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. And I, it, it was, man, there were probably five firms that were in that first training session. Yeah. It was, maybe it was four or five that were, you know, certified part op partners back in the early days and uh, only two continued. Yeah, more came in down the road, but it was cool that of the, of the early partners, it was right. your team and my team were the two that uh, crushed everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember they used to used to have like a territory map, and I was like, "Territory map, please! <laughs> I want everything." <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, and we uh, I remember we made a decision early on that uh, that we didn't want everything, and so I think that was an interesting uh, interesting choice for that us. Is, yeah, it is interesting. On. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, we wanted to focus on uh, the bigger stuff, right? We wanted to focus right. on the stuff that was more complex, that you know, uh, that weren't necessarily just tech implementations. We wanted to take the stuff where you know, we could focus on process and we could focus on customer right. journey. We could do additional training, and so we were fortunate enough to uh, to take on some of those projects and some of those bigger part out deals, which uh, you know were a lot of fun and uh, amazing customers and amazing learning experience for us as we got to uh, see how the big boys do it, how they should do yeah. it. Yeah. For sure, bigger deals for sure. Um, when, did you, when did you make that call? It was like early on. Um, I would say after about a year. I think yeah. that um, you know, after about a year, we decided that uh, you know the the quick start game, uh, though fun and <laughs> business, um, uh, you know, we, we didn't we didn't want to keep playing it, right? And so, um, you know, just because of the trajectory of the bigger um, mm -hmm. tech consulting firm that we were part of. We wanted to mesh with some of the things that the, the team was doing more broadly, totally. which meant that we couldn't take on some of those. Totally, problems. yeah. I always respected uh, that out of you. Um, yeah. You know, and your group was like, "Hey, you know, we're, we're going to go for these these quality deals," and we were kind of like, "We like those too." And we also like, I think you know, I think <laughs> just being a, like a, a solo marketer at a small company, yeah. and so um, something you know, the quick start thing is is icky. I mean, we even made things above and beyond that just because that was never yeah. enough. You know. There's, right. there's things missing, and so we created things for that. But, um, yeah. but it's almost I always had that that heart for, or still do that that you know that solo marketer, ninety hats on, you know, yeah. trying to make it work, trying to help them out. It's you know, and and, and frankly, I I missed that over the last yeah. few years. You know, yeah. I I list, I missed helping that marketer or helping that executive, wh whoever it may be. So it, it's so much fun to get back into that world. Yeah, and to help these kind of high growth, smaller companies that. Um, can do crazy transformation. They they can you know have a huge uptick in business just by implementing a few small tactics. Right. So being able to make that type of change as a vendor to them is it's 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 awesome. Um, you know the bigger enterprise companies are a little bit slower moving. So um, I'm I'm very excited and kind of refreshed to be uh, still working with some of those bigger firms, but also uh, that small nimble marketer who can really change the game in in a matter of months. Yeah, the grass isn't always greener, you know. When you think about it, yeah. as you're talking about 
you know, the bigger companies, sometimes I feel like you're punching jello, you know, you're trying to get the next thing done and it, Oh, great idea. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. And then nothing ever moves. And so you're really battling the politics, the, you know, and so that, that can be its own challenge. Meanwhile, the, the smaller right. company, maybe you can make changes left and right, but then you don't have anyone to do it, but you. Exactly. And so I mean, I, I, I empathize, you know, empathize, with that marketing yeah. leader at the enterprise company. Right. And you think about kind of the role of that marketing leader versus the role of a marketing leader at a, at a smaller company or startup. Right. Marketing leader at the smaller company or startup can have a great new idea. Right. I've got this awesome marketing automation program that's going to help our sales process and help everybody win. So they go have a conversation with the sales leader and they say, yep, let's go. And they go build it. Yeah. At the enterprise firm, I mean, how many conversations need to be had? <laughs> uh, how, how much internal approval, how much red tape? just to make that same idea a reality. It, it just takes so much more time. And so um, you got to empathize with that, right? Because again, yeah. you know, um, we can help them. Yeah. Right? We can help them make that happen. We can help them make it happen faster. But selfishly, you know, also having been, having been that uh, nimble marketer at a small company, when you have the idea, you kind of just want to do it. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny, the, the bigger companies, the challenges, I remember having a conversation uh, with IT about those DNS text entries, you know, those little tiny, yeah. you know, yeah. SPF, you know, and, and, um, and marketing's like, woohoo, let's do this. And then IT's like, whoa, hold on, what is this thing? And they actually never done it before. And, but like a big yep. fortune company had never dealt with text entries. And, and they're like, well, if we do this, we're going to have it starts something, but if we don't ever, if we just ignore it, maybe it'll go away. And it's like, no, it won't go away. So having right. like a couple meetings, you know, yeah. sort of supporting our marketing customer to advocate to their IT company or IT department about yep. some little technical change or, or challenge they had. It was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, in the spirit of kind of, you know, the, the other big trend that, that I see, yeah. I don't know if it's a trend more so than it's just something that inevitably needs to happen, is, again, this idea of sales and marketing alignment. Yeah. Right? And I think that sales and marketing leaders at smaller companies are fortunate because to create sales and marketing alignment, it's as simple as having a few meetings. Just, just go right. talk to one another. Yeah. Right? A convo. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's funny because as we're working with some of our of our customers doing some of the strategic planning type stuff before we get into implementing these programs. And one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we get is, you know, thank you for bringing everybody together, you know, both sides, sales and marketing, they want the same thing. They just don't realize it, right? They don't realize that, um, you know, they want the same end goal, but they just have different tactics, different ideas for achieving it. So by bringing everybody together and aligning on that, it unlocks so much potential. And for smaller firms, it's as simple as, you know, let's have a few meetings, let's, let's duke it out, let's talk it out, let's come up with a shared vision versus the larger companies. Um, it's a lot more complicated than that, right? You've got processes totally. that have been in place for years. You've got large teams working those processes. It's a huge change management issue on top of just a process evolution or a yeah. tech change and everything else. Uh, to make it to create that sales and marketing alignment. Sometimes it's huge, you know, <laughs> organizational restructures that need to happen, right? right? With with compensation plans that need to change, et cetera, et cetera. So um, at the end of the day, sales and marketing alignment is something that is, you know, kind of mission critical and almost required in today's world in order to to truly see the results of these types of programs. Uh, just takes a little more time for our enterprise friends. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a battle, man. You know, I guess, you know, respect to both sides, both sizes. Oh yeah. You know, they, they all have their unique challenges. Totally. Totally. Well, this is cool, man. So, you know, dadhood, how's it going? Were well, you like yeah. two weeks in? You know, it's, it's going great. Um, you know, I, I was kind of of the mind that, uh, you know, I wasn't ready to have a kid yet. <laughs> my, my, my wife was, you know, uh, but then, you know, we had the conversation. It was like, you know, um, am I ever going to truly be ready? Mm-hmm. You know, no, I'm never going to be like, yeah, let's, let's go do this. I'm totally ready. <laughs> Dad. Let's, you know, it, yeah. it, we know it's going to come. I know I want, I want a kid. I want it to be happen, but I'm, I'm never going to feel ready. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, our, our little guy, Dylan was born, uh, I think three weeks ago now. Wow. And man, is it, is it awesome? Um, you know, when, when, when change the thing, uh, the little guy is, is great. Uh, you know, cleans the, uh, the biggest, dirtiest diaper I've, I've cleaned <laughs> uh, to date this morning. So oh, that no. was great. Um, you know, but it's, uh, this dad thing is, uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's better than I ever could have imagined. That's awesome. You mentioned the, the diaper thing. I remember, uh, it was from not necessarily the quantity, but more just the smell. I remember taking like a <laughs> pieces of, of, uh, um, wipes and then sticking them up my nose like i was csi or something you know, <laughs> like a cadaver scene or something and just be like oh call in the csi <laughs> yep it's been a murder down here <laughs> yeah man it's it's my uh our best story so far um not to spoil the ending but i call it the poop explosion <laughs> oh, no. um this is know, what happens diaper. Here, right that's what the story oh yeah yeah there, there is a dirty diaper which i went to change not realizing that, uh, yeah, he wasn't done doing his business yet. So I'm, I'm mid diaper change, uh, twitch points. I, I don't know how this kid's got the power that he's got, but man, it was like four feet of projection all over the wall, all over a bookshelf, all, no. over, all over everywhere. So it's like, ah, okay, I guess I'm a dad now. Live through that. Oh man, the war wounds. Oh man, yeah, and I can't wait to tell his friends when he's a teenager. It's gonna be yeah. great. That's a great story. <laughs> great one to tell. <laughs> oh, that is legit. Well, it's fun, man. You know, I think um, you know, uh, one of uh, one of my friends too it just you know found out she's gonna have a, a kid, and and I sent her a text awesome. and I said, "Look, you know, you you get scary stories from people, you get weird tales, but in the end, it's it's not it's not so bad. It's actually awesome. You know, I think a lot of oh, people yeah. like to tell the the crazy stories, but really, it's just great." You know, it's just a good time. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it, it's, I, I tell that crazy story, um, but I also don't say that my wife and I haven't laughed harder together. Oh, right. Totally. In, in, in months and months, like we were rolling on the floor laughing and I've, I've you know, I'm holding my arm up because, you know, I got my kid's business on there. But man, I, I like, I, I couldn't come back to my senses for like 10 minutes after that happened. Cause it was just yeah, how can you? We've ever, yeah. It was, it was, so, I mean, it, it's, we're having a blast. Um, and even, even the, uh, the hard things are just, I mean, so much fun. So that's cool. It's been been a fun few weeks. That's cool. Well, you know, you're way more coherent than I would have imagined. Um, (laughs) I don't remember three, three weeks, by the way, there's this thing where now you, you know, at this stage, like how old your kid? You're like, Oh, three weeks. And then it'll be five weeks and it'll be eight weeks. But then when it gets to about 12 or, uh, now, what is it? Fifty-two. When he gets to fifty-two, just say a year. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. They keep going. They're like, "Oh, my my kid's sixty-eight weeks old." You're like, 
what's the math on that lady? Are you like stop. two? Like stop. <laughs> two years old. You know, then they get into months. Oh, you know, he's uh, he's eleven months or he's fifteen months. So you're saying a year and three months. The <laughs> uh, metrics. Metrics. Yeah, everybody's asking. Like, so you know, how how big was he? You know, and baby sized. Baby size, but, but about the size of a baby. He looks like a baby. He acts like a baby. Mostly, still just a baby. Yeah, so. something ounces, something pounds, and yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, man. I mean, this has been really cool. I've looked at the time; it just sort of warped by, and it's been fun. Yeah. It has been. You know, it's it, it's been a blast. I mean, um, thank you for having me on. I mean, I've always uh, tr- uh, respected everything that you guys have been doing. You guys are doing amazing things in the part out world. And, uh, you know, it's fun to kind of come back after a few years and and powwow and kind of talk about where we're at and, you know, what we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely, man. What are some good links? And Poop Explosion. (laughs) Should we make that the title of the episode? I don't think people will click on that. I don't think they would. (laughs) Oh, maybe. We we can run a quick A-B test and see, but we probably won't get the audience we're looking for. (laughs) Like Marketing Explosion, and they don't know till the end of the episode where it came from? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, maybe. If you made it this far, that's why it's called that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everyone's like, oh, man, I got to wash my hands now. (laughs) so hey man, what are some good links? You know how to you know links for Instereo, connecting with you. What's good platforms for all? Yeah, that? for sure. Um, you know, check out our website on at uh, instereo.io. Okay. Uh, shoot me an email, adam.post at instereo.io. Find me on LinkedIn, uh, Adam Post, you know, co-founder of Instereo. Would love to uh, have a conversation with anybody yeah. who's willing. Awesome. And don't be creepy and just send him a connection because he doesn't know if you're one of those crazy biz dev people. So say something nice like, hey, I heard you yeah. on the podcast. I mean, I don't know what your you know position on this is, Casey, but I, I've been lately and I, I only necessarily accept LinkedIn connections from people who write a note explaining why they're connecting. I unless like I know them otherwise. I like that. But it's, I mean, there, there's so many people that are trying to connect to sell you something and, uh, you know, they're trying to sell me something and they've got a note explaining why it makes sense to connect. Great. Happy to connect. Right. It's blind. I don't know. Yeah. I will say though, the app um, doesn't give you the chance to, to write a note on every time you try to send a yeah. thing. You know, there's a couple of you yeah. where you say, Oh, it's sent. Oh, I no message. What, you know? And then you're like, okay, maybe right. I'll accept it. As long as they don't block me. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, personal note goes a long way. But hey, uh, note or otherwise, uh, happy to hear from anybody who wants to have a conversation. Absolutely. Put some emoticons in that email too. And send oh, yeah. Emo- emoji it up. <laughs> there may be one emoji in particular relevant to today's conversation. Oh, no. Especially yes. catch my eye. No. Bonus, points <laughs> Bonus points on that one. That is, that's incredible. Uh, well, this has been great, man. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. We'll have to check in later and see, you know, see how Sarah's doing, maybe some customer stories and, and, you know, maybe some more poop stories later on. We'll have to just, you know, see what's up. I'm, I'll, I'll tell the kid you said so. Okay, good. <laughs> like, come on, man. We need more stories for next time. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty, but awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Again, thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's been a treat. So look Absolutely. forward to connecting soon. Totally. And for everyone else listening, you know, if you learned something on this, and I know you did because I've got pages of notes over here, then share this with someone, you know, get it to someone else's hands, you know, all the talk about, you know, the buyer not being in control 
versus control. And then, you know, that empathy and the sympathy, all those conversations, you know, get this in their hands so people can learn from this too. Cause we know this stuff, but it, it, it's, it's better that we get everyone else to know this. So we kind of make our own trend here of doing the right kind of marketing. So that is it guys. We will catch you all next time. This has been the hardcore marketing show. Bye-bye. Oh,